You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer, here with Bart Kaler. Each week, we interview higher ed marketers that we admire for the benefit and hopefully the betterment of the entire higher ed community. Today, we talk to Jason Trainer. He is the Vice Provost of Enrollment Management at Indiana State University, and we have a very concise and pragmatic conversation with him around brand stewardship from an enrollment standpoint. And I love the philosophies that Jason shares with us during our conversation with him. I really like the fact that Jason kind of unpacks it in, like you said, a very pragmatic way. He has some practical ways that they're doing it at Indiana State. I mean, they, you know, they've got some really good metrics they're measuring for their return on their investment in marketing. They've got, you know, some different ways that they're kind of wrestling with athletics versus academics, which I know a lot of schools do that. And then he kind of goes into this idea of resto mode, which I think is really a kind of a fun uh, conversation that he's such a car guy and kind of uh, applies some things to that. So I think it's worth your listen. And here is that conversation with Jason Trainer from Indiana State University. Jason, we are eager to share with our listeners some of your philosophies and approaches to enrollment management marketing. But before we get into that, would like to ask you if you could share anything that you may have learned this week that you would deem interesting or worthy enough to share with strangers. Yeah, so I actually just got back from from sunny Los Angeles this week, and after spending uh, several days with my colleagues uh, looking at international um, scenarios and recruitment and marketing uh, types of strategies, and so what was very, very interesting for me was to find out um, kind of which countries are, are still interested in education in the U.S., and specifically mm. which other countries are, are, are the destination, so... Um, the U.S. is is sitting somewhere in the fourth uh, spot. Uh, the most de- desirable uh, locations are in the U.K., uh, Australia, and Canada. And then uh, the fourth one becomes the U.S. So I thought that was quite interesting. That is interesting. That is, yeah, that is very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Jason, if you would tell everyone about Indiana State University and your role there. So Indiana State University has been around for for over 150 years. Uh, We're located on the Indiana-Illinois border in Terre Haute, Indiana. And uh, it was started off as a normal school in teaching, and it's expanded uh, quite dramatically since then. Uh, But we're probably most recognizable from a a famous alum and a very inspirational Cinderella story within basketball, and that Mm -hmm. alum being Larry Bird. So We've got a, a wonderful legacy in athletics, and um, the university today is is just under 10,000 students. Um, we are a little bit different than a, a lot of the larger peers in our state, meaning that um, our focus is is teaching and, and teaching um, teaching first, and a very diverse student campus, and, and very proud of that. Thank you. And you serve as the Vice Provost of Enrollment Management. And we asked you on the podcast today because you have some very deep and very unique philosophies that we would love 
for you to share with us. The first topic that I would like to talk to you about is how to best align your marketing strategies with the goals of your institution. And would like to get into it by you explaining a little bit about your philosophy when it comes to the topic. So as, as you mentioned, I've, I've had the privilege of, of working at quite a few different types of institutions, whether they be the large flagship, uh, regional uh, public universities, or even uh, in the two-year two sector. And, and I think what's really interesting in the marketing side is the uh, specific goals and strategies that um, are unique at each different type of institution. And what I would mention specifically about Indiana State, for example, is that our marketing strategies have to be very strategic in terms of uh, linking to specific outcomes. And so we don't have the, the biggest uh, or most well-known brand in the market, uh, but we certainly, every dollar that we spend has to be supporting a strategic effort that, that the university is hoping to, uh, hoping to realize one day. I think that's a really good point because, I mean, a lot of the audience of the Higher Ed Marketer podcast are, are smaller schools, even smaller than Indiana State. I mean, you in context, Indiana State is a smaller public, but in, in a larger context, a lot of the schools that are listening are probably thinking, boy, 10,000 students, that'd be great. <laughs> but I think that one thing that is important, and we kind of unpacked this in our pre-interview, is the idea that if you try to compare yourself to the next one up or the next other school, that's when you start having problems, especially in some of the, in the marketing and the, in the budgeting of those things. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. So for us, we're, we're very interested in kind of finding what's authentic for Indiana State. And I think that that's been very consistent in my time in marketing and higher education is that you can switch institutions in different types. And as you mentioned, um, perspective is very different depending on where, where you're at and, and what uh, is unique at your institution. And for us, we're very interested in leaning into what makes Indiana State unique or special or different. And um, on the marketing side, I mean, we're always trying to uncover that. So in some ways, we try to balance where, which direction does the institution want to go and what are we trying to do from a strategic level. Um, but we're always keeping in mind what are the authentic stories and relationships and messages that are somewhat based on historical roots and, and what, what's real. Um, and so we're always, again, looking at for that balance. What's real? Where are we trying to go? What makes us different? And that for us is kind of the recipe for positioning the university from a marketing perspective. Yeah. And I imagine that you have to really kind of be very clear up front on that so that you can measure that through your key performance indicators or other things, because you have got to be, I mean, at, at a at all schools, we all have to kind of be able to show the return on the investment that marketing is going to, is going to produce and, um, and, and being very clear in that and aligning that and being able to measure that is so critical. So how are some of the ways that you're, you know, measuring that and, and making sure that you guys can, you know, take back to your board, what the return on the investment is? So one of the things that we do that I, that I think is uh, very intentional is that we separate uh, kind of two strategic priorities um, at least from from our from the marketing side, one is that we understand the value of the strength of a brand, brand recognition, um, how we are viewed versus our competitors in market, what they think about us versus others, and we understand that that's a long term game. And so we are we're we're assessing it, we're measuring it. We have specific things and initiatives that we or dollars that we spend that are going to be measured in the long term. Uh, without an immediate click or ROI based on that. 
And then we have a, a, another side of our, our strategies that are really meant to uh, track specific point in time actions or and those are those are the dollars that are spent to get students to click on things, to have families click on the website, to visit campus, to apply, to take action. And so we what for at least our approach in India State is that we've separated that. We've given ourselves um, some permission to to have some fun with the dollars and think long term, what are we trying to do? And for us, uh, we measure that in, in in two to three year spans. So we're getting a sense of what's the what's the perception of certain stakeholders today. And in two years from now, knowing we've kind of got this larger brand reposition, are we making progress in the direction that we want uh, to make in which is more of a mental real estate uh, target? Mm -hmm. I love that idea because I think that a lot of schools are going to get stuck in the trap of either or. And so they can either be whack-a-mole all day long and, uh, you know, nobody ever really knows who you are because you're trying to whack getting those students in the door or you're playing too much into the brand and you're, you're not getting that call to action, relying on billboards, you're relying on just, you know, that feel good of, Hey, look, there's our billboard. And you miss the opportunity of giving those, you know, those direct calls to action and taking the next step down the funnel. So I really respect that. I think having that nature, you know, tension between the two is really a good way to go. Jason, you've said two things already. Number one, that a lot of people would know about Indiana State University because of your popular alum. And if I would admit it, I remember back to 1979, I think that was the year where the big championship game. And when I hear your university, I think athletics. But then I also know that being a steward of your brand, you have to kind of think about how that brand is promoted. And I there's a discussion, maybe even a debate as do colleges and universities promote academics and athletics separately? Or is it a brand that should be promoted together? And would like to know if you would share with us if you thought about this at Indiana State University. And if so, how do you approach marketing both athletics and academics? It's a hugely discussed topic on our campus, and it's that's been true in every campus that I have been at in higher education. Mm. I had commented, and I know how dependent uh, higher ed universities are on consultants to, to make sure that we're following best practice, that there must have been a very popular consultant that went across the U.S. in the <laughs> 90s and sold the philosophy of having a distinct and separate athletic brand versus an academic brand. And one of the, the challenges with that, especially for schools like Indiana State, are that we, we're not large enough to have multiple competing brands. And I certainly understand um, the, and really understand the appreciation for athletics to be able to have more flexibility and be a little bit more innovative in what they're doing. Um, but I, but I really have a problem when, when we're talking to uh, prospective students, and if it's an athletics, then we're sycamores. If we are academics, we're, we're Indiana State, and we're, and we're. We're, we're talking about these brands in two different ways. And so for, for Indiana State, we have two brands. But one of the things we've been very intentional about is trying to create an environment about how these can work together. My former president um, used to say this with athletics, that 
you know, athletics is often the front porch of the university. It's, it's what people see. It's what they recognize. It's often their first interaction and having, having something that doesn't, that either directly competes or at least doesn't move fluidly for them to understand the difference. Um, I think that's a challenge for us. And so for, for us right now, we're very interested in trying to leverage the success that we've had in athletics and finding a way to integrate those messages. So when, when folks inter, interact with us, you know, they can interact with us, whether they know Larry Bird or they don't. Yeah, I really like how you've kind of positioned that, that there are two brands, but they have to work together. I remember doing some work at a at another institution that everybody would know, but I'm not going to mention the name. But, uh, you know, in the late 90s where, you know, they had a very well-known athletic brand but we were working within the MBA program and it was like, well, you know, could we leverage that athletic brand because of the, the the known elements of it for this graduate level to, because people might find that appealing. And there was a lot of tension in that. And I could tell that had nothing to do with me or my company at the time. It was just, that was just something that was on campus, this, this academics versus athletics. And I love your approach to recognizing that there are two unique, you know, entities there, but they're part of the family and they got to get along and they got to be able to work back and forth. And this front porch idea is really good. So practically though, I mean, there's some things that you can utilize in enrollment marketing that even if I am not an athlete, I'm a spectator. I have, there's an appeal of being a sycamore when I'm coming to the university. So tell me a little bit about how, how you're navigating that in, in enrollment marketing. We're using the language, right? So I, I think when I came to Indiana state, Sycamores was were really predominantly used for by the athletic department, and it was used to describe right. our student athletes. Um, and we still want that. But one of the the focuses that we've been very intentional and somewhat subtle in adjusting is dropping that language in use of everyday Indiana State student, faculty, alumni. Um, we're all sycamores, and we're trying to kind of um, transition with that. We've also been very intentional about working very closely with our athletic side of the house. And so we want to make sure that they, that they don't feel threatened by us, that, they under, that we understand that they have a very unique set of goals and that success for on, on the fields and court and are just as important as success for us in the classroom. And, and, it's, and again, we want to kind of celebrate all of those different successes that we have. So we've been in our storytelling, talking about students that um, are in the classroom and then transitioning that set, uh, almost immediately to someone that's having success in an athletic in an athletic environment. And we just go back and forth and we, we don't distinguish as much anymore. We want students, even if they're non-athletes and non-spectators, to identify as, as sycamores. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Ardeo Education Solutions. Ardeo helps colleges and universities increase access to education while giving students and families financial peace of mind. Ardeo's loan repayment assistance programs, known as LRAPs, help students with modest incomes repay their federal student, parent plus, and private loans. Ardeo's LRAPs give students the confidence they need to enroll and are a win-win for your institution. To learn more about Ardeo and see case studies from institutions like yours, visit ardeo.org. That's A-R-D-E-O dot org. Welcome back. Let's rejoin the conversation right here on The Higher Ed Marketer. 
I know that this is the higher ed marketer podcast, both enrollment and advancement, but I think advancement professionals that are listening to that, that plays out in advancement as well. I mean, you know, a lot of times advancement, I mean, they will go to the athletic site to kind of keep tabs on the, mm-hmm. on the teams and things, but they still want to have that uh, affinity with the school uh, through that as an alumni, especially, you know, being able to remember the, remember the games, remember the thing and be able to live that out. And so I think that utilizing that as a tool for uh, enrollment, for advancement, I think are, are great ideas. Now, as you guys are doing that, I know that you've kind of toyed with the idea of how far do we lean into some of the the past uh, you know, the, the glory days, if you will. Um, how much do we lean into that? How relevant is that to current students? How relevant is that to alumni? How do you guys kind of, what, what are the conversations like around the marketing table when you're, when you're talking about those things that, cause I mean, retro right now is a big trend in Gen Z. How do you guys kind of, uh, you know, approach that and think through that? So this is um, a really fresh topic for me. We've, we've had, I think, um, a variety of different discussions, studies, decisions made about uh, kind of rebranding the university in, into the 21st century and what we're going to look like for the next 20 years at the university. And, and I think in some ways it was moving away from the brand that was, that was more of that legacy or historic piece of it. One of the things that was really fascinating for me was a conversation that I was in a classroom teaching a, a marketing class to some of our juniors and seniors in the College of Business. And one of the, the pieces that we gave to them was to, for them to design you know, a set of, of apparel that they could be proud of and, and wear and want to represent this university. And that was really it. We did have the conversation about athletics versus the academic brand. I think they didn't understand or fully comprehend why there was that separation. But what was really interesting is that all of the groups that came back to us identified um, with with the historic element of the university. And they described it in different ways, and it wasn't always accurate. Um, But what it was was some sort of connection to understanding that there was this really high level, um, you know, at a national level of prominence that Indiana State was once at. And, you know, they're proud of that and they want to be proud of that. And I would ask questions like, well, you know, Larry, this happened well before you were born. You know, do you still connect? And the answer was yes. Now, I could have put a 1979 um, design in in front of them or a 1995 design, and they probably wouldn't distinguish the two uh, apart. (laughs) But it doesn't take the the fact, um, kind of the truth from the fact that there's a connection and almost like a craving to recognize the greatness that once existed. And that was the epiphany for me when looking at this, realizing, you know what? Indiana State is fortunate to have this legacy of being successful in the past. And we're still successful today by many accounts, but at least having this national prominence um, that most universities of our size don't, don't have that ability to say that. And so for us, I think what we had to we have to wrap our, our minds around is really transitioning to not shy away from this and act like that era didn't happen um, and not just live in those days, but to find a way in which that environment can help us move move forward. And as you mentioned, uh, retro and vintage is very trendy right now. So it, it's it's that's that's a, a thing I think that we've got in the positive side but really trying to figure out a way to harness the success because that was my question. I wasn't sure if it was relevant to these 
this generation of students. And, and I am completely flipped on that. And, and I believe it's not only relevant to our alum, but I believe it's relevant to, to students that have only heard the, folk, the folklore of how great we were in certain competitions. Yeah, I think that's so important to understand that. I mean, we've talked a lot about tension in this episode, but that that idea that we've got to be able to use that for, you know, that vintage, that retro to kind of connect that connection that we have, but we can't live there. We can't try to recreate what was done there, recreate that environment, um, because I don't think students want that. And I think they're going to, they're, they're authentic enough to recognize when that card is trying to be played as opposed to what you're describing, which is kind of recognizing that and building on that. So, I mean, is that what you heard in some of those conversations with the students? Yeah, exactly. And again, I love the word. I mean, I, uh, the words that they were using to describe the emotions and I kind of scratched away at that a little bit to kind of get a sense of really trying to understand and not just interpret what they were saying and, and the best way I could describe it is I'm a car guy. One of the things that I, that I really use to kind of visually describe this is, you know, the, the old 80s Bronco or 70s Ford Bronco. And, and I, I would look at this and go, you don't know what's going to, of the vehicles, which ones are going to be nostalgic and really popular in 40 years from now. And the Bronco is really, really, really popular right now. And there's going to be an audience of folks that come out that want that Bronco to look and operate just like it did off the, off the factory line in those days. Um, but that's not really what the majority of folks, that's not, that's not what's popular today. And there's clearly a, a brand new version of the Bronco, which I'm sure is fantastic, uh, but, but doesn't have the same cool factor and, the, and, and that kind of tough factor that those old ones did. And really what's popular right now is, is are those Broncos that we would call like a resto mod, which is, taking the frame and the look and the body of, of what was so cool and vintage and, and timeless about that and dropping it on something that's modern where the, the common, you know, functionality, dependability, performance, all of the bells and whistles that we would want to have in this era. And I think we could look at our marketing campaign in the same way, which is mm-hmm. we've got this really cool old body style that, that clearly people are looking back at and going, Hey, I love that. I love the powder blue. And I love that, um, you know, those elements that remind me of, you know, that Cinderella type story. Um, but also, you know, we've got a, for example, if you step foot on our campus today, um, that campus looks completely different. Every, almost every square foot of that campus has been renovated and has the, the most modern and high, high uh, tech touches. Um, that's a great way to take, I think, again, that cool factory of our history and our legacy and blend that with the modern, um, you know, unique qualities that, that were not true back then. Uh, and so that's, that's the brand. I think when we talk about it from a marketing style is we are trying to resto mod and we don't want to just be the 2022 Bronco, um, because we've got this really cool thing back there that I think is even more popular. I love that analogy. That's a really perfect one. Jason would love to wind the episode down by asking you if there is one piece of advice that you would give someone in your role at another institution that they could implement immediately and move the needle, what would that advice be? Well, I think, uh, you know, the one piece of advice that I would, um, that I would probably give out to anyone that's in charge of enrollment or marketing in these roles are to 
have as many discussions with relevant stakeholders as you possibly can. And, and I think that that could be alumni, current students, faculty, figure out who are the main players, the movers and shakers, the historic or the up and coming individuals that play roles. And you don't have to have an agenda, but just have a conversation, get to know them, get to know why, what excites them about the institution. And in my experience that you will find overlapping themes across those different, those different stakeholders. And those overlapping themes in my mind are gonna be kind of the building blocks for some really great things that can come out of that because that's where you're gonna have synergy. It's to me where you'll start to find authenticity um, and it's something that you can do with not knowing all the answers yourself. Thank you, Jason. That was very powerful. For those that would like to reach out to you to follow up on some of the things that you've shared, what's the best way for people to contact you? So I am uh, attached to my email uh, pretty frequently. So best way to get in touch with me would be to drop me an email. And my email address is Jason, J-A-S-O-N dot trainer, T-R-A-I-N-E-R at indstate.edu. Thank you. And we really appreciate the generous time that you've given us and the wisdom that you've shared. Bart, do you have any thoughts that you would like to add? Yeah, I just wanted to point out some things that Jason mentioned that I thought were kind of worthy of going back and re-listening a little bit if that's something that you're into. But uh, I love the idea of when you're looking at higher ed marketing, really looking at the ROI from a long-term view and a short-term view. I thought that was a really wise way to look at it. I mean, you've got to do your brand investment. You've got to do that um, long-term, you know, two to three years out. We're, we're investing toward the brand. We're investing toward the brand reputation. These are the things that we're doing and how we can measure that. But you're also kind of doing that short-term ROI that, hey, we've got to do things that whether it's pay-per-click, whether it's, you know, a different tools that you're leveraging or the tactics that you're doing in your comm flows to get that student and that family to take the next step in your funnel. So are you getting them to fill out an RFI? Are you getting them to apply? Are you getting them to finish their application? What are those little things along the way that you can also measure those key performance indicators, but both of those together kind of running in, in uh, parallel paths, I think your marketing department really needs to be able to pay attention to that and to do, do that in a, in a good way. And I think along with that, you know, keeping in mind that if you're a school where you've got a, a big athletics presence and you've got that tension that we talked about between athletics and and uh, academics, you know, remembering that that athletics is often the front porch. I love that analogy. But how can you make sure that that front porch, the door opens up and they can get into the rest of the university? We don't want to leave them on the front porch. We want to engage with them either through enrollment or advancement inside the house. And so making sure that you're thinking through that and you've got a plan for that. And it's not just a fact. It's we actually are using this as a a lot of times it's called lost leaders in, in business. And I'm not trying to say that that's what this is, but it's the idea that we're leveraging that and using it for other ways as well. And then I really love this conversation that we had about resto mods, just the idea of really leaning into this culture of you know, authenticity and, and retro and, and vintage, but recognizing that students today, Generation Z and the upcoming alpha, they don't want to go back to 1979. They want to have that feeling and that experience and that authenticity of what that was all about. And they want to be a part of that. And so I think that having those 
collaborations and those conversations on campus on how we can achieve those goals to really create that authentic brand for our institution through our marketing, through our communications is going to be a really big part of that. So Jason, it's been a great conversation. I really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. And again, I, I really am appreciative for spotlighting Indiana State. The Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, providing significant lifts in yield by following your list with precisely targeted ads. On behalf of my co-host, Bart, and me, Troy, thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.